0: Let's Be Legendary Podcast is a member of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. For more podcasts ranging from true crime to nerd culture and convention news, please visit nerdandtie.com. Hello everyone, I just wanted to make a very quick note. Uh, We had some audio issues with the beginning of this episode. They're not obvious because we took most of them out and we ended up having to re-record a few things. So if you notice that my voice sounds fine in one part, but then sounds like I have a frog in my throat in the other part, it's because when we originally recorded this episode, I was getting over a cold and I sound like it. But when we re-recorded it to account for the audio issue, I didn't have that problem. So if you're wondering, that's what it is. We strive to make this podcast and story a safe and inclusive place for as many listeners as possible. So if we've missed any content warnings, please feel free to let us know. Content warnings for this episode include adult language and mature themes.
1: Beyond vast deserts and towering cities of steel and steam, forgotten groves and dark forests lay hidden in plain sight. The world holds its breath as each piece is set for the game to conclude.
2: With each step I take, I feel the strength of all those who came before me, running with me, guiding me.
1: With each step they take, The cracks grow wider, and the fractures deepen within her heart.
3: With each step I take, I feel myself on the other side of a mirror, and reality slips further from my grasp.
2: I hear the
0: wilds, and feel who I am meant to become.
1: I hear the wilds, and change is balanced on the tip of a blade.
3: I hear the wilds. And know it is only a matter of time.
0: This is the Feywild West.
1: These are the spaces beyond the door. Let's be
3: legendary. We are getting ready. I'm going to go out for a moment. Okay. Go to the cathedral? Yes. Say so I had a brother out come for us. I will if I see him. All
2: right.
3: So I'm just going to the cathedral to pay respects to Sister Mabel's
2: grave. Uh-huh.
3: Just sitting with her and telling her how. I know we really didn't get along that well. We didn't really understand each other. But I do owe a lot to you. And I'm sorry that you had to. Find your way to the other side the way that you did. Just kind of talking to you about mm-hmm. that sort of thing. After I pay my respects to Sister Mabel, I decide to just take a walk, through the it by okay.
1: You're walking for a little bit when someone calls your name. I look to
3: see who it is. It's
1: Brother Archon. Oh. Headed out to meet you.
3: I go over towards him. Good morning. Good morning.
1: Uh thought I saw you out here.
3: Yes, we were in town to uh Threaten, Edmaster Tono. Threaten? Well, threaten's a strong word. Negotiate with Edmaster Tono.
1: I see. He smiles and looks around. Visiting the grave.
3: I wanted to pay my respects to Sister Mabel. Hmm. We didn't always see eye to but she was an important part of my childhood, and I'm sorry we couldn't do more for her.
1: She was a part of yours and many others. Yes, she was. I seem to recall you had found Zachariah Hayfield.
3: Celine hesitates. We did find him.
1: If I recall correctly, he is...
3: His measurements have been taken.
1: Yes. Well, uh... Would you mind walking with me back to the cathedral? I... I have something, some things of his that we found in storage. Um, oh. I was going to see if I could make the journey to Villeville myself, but...
3: Oh, of course. I would be happy to take anything you left behind.
1: And he leads you back into the cathedral, up into one of the attic storage spaces.
3: Okay, I follow.
1: You can tell that there's been activity up here recently, a bunch <coughs> of stuff. Yeah, a lot of dust. <coughs> stuff has been moved around, and he moves a couple of boxes and takes out a small box. No bigger than, like, a shoebox.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He takes off the lid and hands it over to you.
3: I take it. What's inside?
1: Inside is an old wooden yo-yo. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was so bad at that.
1: An old lighter, a Zippo. Yeah, like yeah, like a Zippo. Yes, nice. a thin notebook that is just the paper is just completely yellowed. A copy of *The Rage of the Wolf*, Elliot, yeah. and a small necklace with a bird skull. I pick up the bird skull.
3: I gave this to when, when we first started seeing each other.
1: The items here are gathered after each child has moved out, come of age. Must have forgotten it.
3: Yes, he must have. I remember he said he liked mine, and I pointed my holy symbol, and I doubt you forget how I was always leaving bones and things to dry out in the shed.
1: Yes. Uh, I remember Sister Mabel complaining to me multiple times about that necklace.
3: Well, mine is?
1: Yours, specifically. She was quick to use the word sacrilegious.
3: She complained a lot about cartels too.
1: Indeed, she did.
3: I'm looking over this bird skull, trying to identify what kind of bird it is. It's not a it's not a crow, some sort of songbird. But I take the necklace and the notebook. Okay.
1: So the notebook. is just full of idle doodles and scribbles.
3: <laughs> it's when he was supposed to be doing his own work and wasn't. Like, supposed to be taking notes in, in lessons and, and, and writing down bits of scripture and he was just drawing dicks. Mm-hmm. No,
1: there's an entire page that is just those special S's. Oh uh-huh,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the 90s S? Yes. I turn back to a pleasure, Arkham. Huh? I'm sure that there's going to be some kids that would appreciate a yo-yo.
1: Yes, I think so.
3: As for the book, I don't know if I would recommend telling Sister Relafine about this, but if there's some kid who's having trouble finding interest in reading, this might do the trick. Lots of violence.
1: <laughs> Good to know.
3: I end the box back. Mm. Thank you for this.
0: Of course, Celine. And I head back. Okay. So I'm back at the house.
3: Come back in. Hey. Hey. Everything okay? Yeah. What's that? Oh, it's a notebook.
0: I meant the other thing.
3: Oh, it's a bird skull.
0: I just went outside to get a bird skull.
3: <laughs> I wanted to pay my
0: respects to
3: Sister Mabel. The
0: the the old one? Yes. Right.
3: It's the old one.
0: Yeah. The one that past
3: right yes okay yeah yes and uh, as I was walking through the graveyard uh, brother Archon found me oh how's he he's doing well but uh, he had some he had some things that Zachariah had left behind oh nice smile and kind of sadly.
2: that points to your hand
3: those his. Hey, hold up the bad skull. I gave this to him. What would have been that. He didn't take it. Apparently not.
2: Well, he did say he was mad. Yeah. You okay?
3: What if I told you about asking me that question? Right. Sorry. Um, are you? are things are you emotionally i look at you like i can't wait to hear what the, what the next out is going to be tally just throws up her hands <laughs> i have no idea how to ask you how you are I was jealous
2: i'm worried about him he's a first breakup yeah it's hard to go through i've been told
3: really it fucking sucks. Yeah. We'll be
2: okay though. I know. At I know. I you got more mementos, right?
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know, any other weeks, this would be the weirdest thing that happened to me.
0: I mean, uh, given our track record of weird things happening to us. Still, even for us, watching our son go
3: through his first breakup and then being reminded of my own first breakup would be strange even for us. You know, if the Undertaker hadn't given me one of his feathers a few days ago. Wait,
0: what? What? The... The... That's an Undertaker.
3: Oh, so you mean the big, the big black ones? It's you know, about foot and a half. You said it was an a. Oh. Did I say it was an owl bear? Did I actually say this is an owl bear feather? Because you know, because you know what I can't do. Ha. Ha. No. But I do go and put this skull on my altar next to the big feather. That's that's an undertaker feather. <laughs> <laughs> that's an undertaker feather. <laughs> I don't say, it, I don't answer. It. I just kind of smile enigmatically. <laughs> Why
2: didn't you just say that?
3: Say what? Okay.
2: <laughs> How's Jareth doing?
1: He hasn't come out of his room.
2: Okay. Well, she's doing that stuff. I huh? I go and no answer open the door a little bit
1: he's lying in bed facing towards the wall
2: does he look asleep
1: perception check 16
2: plus (laughs) 7 yeah that's pretty good good. (laughs) or 16 plus wait let me double check
3: 22.
1: 22 22 looks asleep but then like right as you're about to like back out of the room You see him look over his shoulder a bit and then look back towards the wall.
2: I slip in and and shut the door and and go and sit on the bed. Put my hand on his arm and and just kind of like pet it for a second. You don't have to say anything. And I know it hurts.
1: He rolls over and just scoots closer to you.
3: Mom. Mom. Up, kiddo.
1: Are we monsters?
2: Is that what Al said? He nods. What do you think a monster is, Jared?
1: He shrugs. In the stories, they're always the bad guys. The ones people are scared of. A lot of the kids are scared of me.
2: Because you're a bad guy?
1: That's what... Some of them called me evil. I don't... I don't feel evil. And I think it's
2: a pretty safe assumption that you know. You know about what happened to my pack. My family. He nods. The reason why they were killed was because someone thought they were evil too. People like me were evil. But we never gave anybody the impression that we were. It was just someone thinking that they knew us. And that's gonna happen a lot. And I wish I could spare you that. But I can't. You are going to have a lifetime of people looking at you and thinking that they know who you are. Just about seeing the way you look. The same thing is going to happen to Talda and Ernest and Nikki and anybody who doesn't look mortal, but what they think isn't as important as how you feel and what you do. And if you want to be the monster, you got to feel it. But if you don't feel like a monster, then you're not, no matter what anybody says. There are going to be a whole lot of people out there that look at you, but not see you but there are going to be a few out there that see you and see what you do and that's what's going to be the thing that matters and you, a cup of cheeks you are brilliant you're curious and you have a good heart and the people that matter the people that stay they're going to see that and they're going to see you You're not a monster, Jared. Mom is. (laughs) Anyone who can eat that hot sauce is monstrous beyond any recognition. You being unable to ingest that hot sauce on a regular basis
1: It's really hot.
2: You're safe. (laughs) And I know it's hard, but something that your mom pointed out to me yesterday and something you need to remind yourself of is you, no matter what, are always gonna have people that love you. Always gonna have people that support you. Me your mom your sister, and the people that we've come to call friends. You are always going to have their support, no matter what. Al doesn't have that right now. You're allowed to be mad at him, but I hope he can forgive him.
1: Okay. Thank you, Mom. You
2: gonna hide in here for a little while? He nuts. Alright. I'm gonna give
3: him a hug and kiss his head. We'll be around if you need us, alright?
1: He nuts.
3: I'm waiting outside. I was jealous. He's sad. I
2: don't know what else they doing, but whatever it was, I think it fucked up his head a little bit.
3: I can't imagine it was... Terribly kind. No. But I think you're right. Hmm. I think he needs a good
2: distraction. It'll help. Do you want to go home? Yeah. We have shovels, right?
3: Yes. <laughs> what kind of clerk was going to take out what i be without a shovel. True enough, true enough. I think I only bought that shovel like two months ago. But shush! Alright. Yeah. Alright. So, okay. You've been there before, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is it still easy, as easy as before? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: You are feeling, as the days go on, that feeling of energy around you becoming smaller and smaller, but it's still there.
3: I'm just put the pins out and deal with that later.
1: <laughs> You're able to open a doorway. Do you leave the house in Blue Peak and just okay?
2: No, we take the house. Okay. But what? once we get to the clearing where my original back was I do stick the door on a tree mm-hmm. and I double open it so the horses could just graze around. Okay. And um, I go find Adrian.
1: Uh, she is actually in the living room with playing with socks.
2: Okay. Yeah. Hey sweetie make sure your cat doesn't get out alright? We're leaving the door open. She nods. You can come out if you want. There's no one out there. No one? Just forests and horses. Just...
1: Well, okay.
2: If you want, just make sure the cat doesn't get out.
1: Okay.
3: I'm bringing Cortez with me. Okay. So he can fly around. I he has been flying around, he just does bad stuff, but you know. Yeah.
2: Um, I'm going to try and find as many of the bones as I possibly can. And I'm, mm. I'm helping.
1: I'm not even going to have you guys roll for it. Just as you guys s- spend the day going about and are able to find many of the corpses. Not all, but many. And gather them into an area just outside of the village.
3: So
2: once we do that, I start
3: digging. And I'm, I'm actually hoping this time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I think I'm also setting up incense in Azir, hmm. like, I have the Ashes from uh, when I cast Divination, which I use as like a just a blessing agent, and things like that. Just right. Yeah, I'm uh,
2: I don't know how many we found, like, full bodies, but I try and dig as many individual ones as I can. Mm-hmm. For how many we've got. I mean, I know... I know my father is uh... I know we at least found him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we found my mother. I think I was looking for the gun she was carrying. don't know if that went with her they took it with or whatever
1: as you're doing this looking for various bodies the dreams you've had kind of like flicker through your head and you're able to find where your mother was remembering from that there are several other bodies that you find you're not sure who Some of them are, most of them are really. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: A couple, like, flicker through your memory from the dream. Or one of them is very obviously, like, missing a hand who you recognize as somebody who you you called uncle, but you don't know if he was actually
3: related. Didn't didn't matter. Yeah.
2: uh, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, So um, I do dig (laughs) one for my parents. Mm And then. Just a bunch, (laughs) as many as
0: I can before it starts getting too dark.
1: The two of you together working the whole day on it, I'm going to be generous and say 30 graves.
3: It was probably like 20 for you and 10 for me. Well, actually more like 25 for you and 10, 5 for me because I'm just, I'm just, I have a zero, okay? I know, it's fine. I can't do I this. I got it, I got it. That's I'm
2: good. trying to. Well, I'm a dog. I just dig. On, yeah, dig yeah.
1: Adrian actually does eventually come out uh, holding her stuffed cat in, mm-hmm. instead of her actual cat mm-hmm. and just stands watching.
3: Do you want me to fashion, um... Well, I can't fashion headstones, but I could make markers out of wood. Sure. You've got the time? I think I've got some time. Yeah. Just cutting up planks and writing yeah. the names on. You don't have to write anything.
1: Okay. You just create simple markers out of wood. Mm hmm. You stand there with the sun setting, looking at the 30 or so graves, all with their wood markers.
2: Um, I didn't bury one of them. Yet. I didn't bury my parents yet. Okay. They're in there. Yeah. But their dirt's not. Okay.
3: Yeah. Take your hand. I hold it. Would you like me to say something? Sure, if you want. I've got nothing. <laughs> I wish we could have met under different circumstances than this. I'm saying to the graves. Wish I could have known you in life. The way that Talia speaks of you. It was a wonderful thing that you had here. I'm so sorry it was taken from you. I hope that, if anything, you can find peace knowing that... Talia is still here. She survived everything. Despite everything. And she made sure that what happened here is never going to happen again to anyone. She set out... On a quest to self justice for everyone here and for herself. And she has completed that quest. You would be proud of them I know that I am. You should be proud of yourself too, Talia. I mean it.
2: I don't know if proud's the word I'd use, much as just relief.
3: You would be so proud of her if you could see her. Everything that she has overcome. How kind and compassionate she is. To everyone. You don't need to lie, honey. I can't lie. I don't think I qualify as kind and compassionate. And humble. (laughs) That's stupid. Thanks! But humble. And kind and compassionate
2: with the title of the reaper kind and compassionate
3: ferocious at times when she needs to be I wish you could have met your grandchildren they're wonderful too your grandson Jerez is going through his first breakup and he's well if either of you had breakups you know how that is and he's 12 and uh, yeah. your granddaughter Adrian she is actually here with us. She also has survived quite a bit. But she's going to be okay. And Talia is too. Eventually. You will be, I promise. I know. Life moves off. Yes, it does. But I am so sorry that this happened to you.
2: I take out retribution, and I toss it in the grave, like right at the bottom, like where the feet would be, Mm I just toss it in.
3: You don't need it anymore.
2: I don't. Brown's still out there, but I did what I set out to do. I don't need to carry it anymore. Do you mind taking Adrian inside? Look else. I'm gonna. I just need a minute.
3: Look else. You know what to find
2: me. Yeah, I don't know where the horses wandered off to, but uh, like I'll go it. find them too. Them they're around.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Caltes is. He's probably off doing. I don't know. Scaling well. <laughs> somebody. <laughs> I hope so. I hope he's scaling somebody. <laughs> Elden's not that far. <laughs> is went a couple of miles up to freak someone out. He <laughs> <laughs> gets bound. Anyway, yeah. okay. So I bring Adrian inside. You okay. O- you okay, kid? Okay. Yeah. I have to go find Zeros. So uh, you're gonna be okay in here by yourself? Jaris still in there. Oh, Jaris is in his room. If you if you need anything, socks. Socks. Socks is with you too. Mm. He won't let anything bad happen to you. Okay. No. And I, I give it like kiss on the head, and then I go to find the houses. Okay.
1: You step outside and into the glade.
0: Motherfucker! Okay. Oh, rude! Oh. I didn't... But I didn't... But I didn't want this! <laughs> I didn't
3: ask for this. Oh, fuck. I say that. <laughs> <laughs> and I shut the door behind me. Adrian, stay in there! <sighs> You know, I've had a really kind of shitty day. If there's something you want, you should just fucking come out with it. I take out my pocket watch.
1: It's about 7.05.
3: Okay. Well, if you don't have anything to say, and I turn around and I try to open the door back up.
1: It's not there. Now see. A true lady of the Feywild would announce her arrival and her title into another's realm. Especially when invited.
3: Invited is an interesting way to pronounce abducted. Turn around.
1: He's there behind you. Again, the snake tattoo is absent, but instead the Massive snake is twined around his shoulders and down his arm. I would like to offer my most abject apology for my behavior last time.
3: Did I say that in in Sylvan?
1: Yeah.
3: I don't say anything. Wow. Hmm. Congrats. Mm. (laughs) And I've got to poke her face.
1: I spoke things that should not have been said in a way that was most uncouth.
3: Is that why you plot me out?
1: In part. My words may not have been suited to the occasion, but I would like to reiterate my previous offer. The titles. Pardon my saying so, but... One such as yourself, that has lived in the mortal plains, does not necessarily know how best to utilize them.
3: I don't say anything. I'm waiting for him to continue. But I'm staring at him.
1: I would offer a trade in exchange for your titles.
3: A trade? Why do you want them so badly? Raziel! you wanted them so badly, why didn't you kill Longfellow yourself?
1: He and I had an agreement. Of old. I could not raise my hand directly
3: against him. Fair enough, I suppose. And so you sent us to do it. Thinking that whichever one of us gained his titles would simply turn them over to you?
1: For a fair trade. I had indeed hoped that it would be your partner. She has in the past proven amicable to such bargains.
3: Well, no one's perfect. But now you have me to contend with.
1: And now I have you to contend with.
3: And you thought that the best way to uh, gain the favor of the Lady of the Silken Weave was to abduct me?
1: I opened the door and you walked in
3: give him a withering look like (laughs) bullshit (laughs) I went to go find my fucking house and I ended up here well you have nothing that I want and I don't trust you and if you want these titles so badly that you would go to whatever lengths you are going then it really tells me that more than ever I should hang on to them but mostly you have nothing that I want
1: perhaps I have nothing you want Indeed. What could I offer one who has so cleanly cut ties to everything that could hold her down as to Wanda? But there is something I can offer. He walks over to the stream and motions down towards it.
3: I hesitate. I slowly walk over by humour humor
1: a section of the stream suddenly stills and becomes reflective as glass.
3: I step back a little bit.
1: But then appearing in it is an image of Talia standing over the graves filling in her parents' grave. And it focuses in on her face just the Pain there. I could give them back, Celine. I could give her her pack back. Alive and well, whole and healthy.
3: You could do that.
1: I could. In exchange for your titles.
3: You want them that badly. Talia would no longer be the last. She would have back everything that was taken from her.
1: She would have her family again.
3: And if I go to meet them.
1: What say you? (sighs)
3: She looks up. And then looks right at the broker. No.
1: He had a look on his face. He thought he had won. But as you say no, his eyes narrow. No. No. What do you mean, no? You don't want your wife, your partner, to be happy.
3: (sighs) Broca, I have refused your offer. I owe you nothing, including an explanation. However, if you really want an explanation, I might be willing to give it to you in exchange.
1: His eyes narrow. And what would I give in return?
3: Do you remember when we met in Elpike? The aeronauts pleasure. I certainly do.
1: Indeed.
3: Do you remember what you offered me then?
1: A question answered in the most straightforward manner.
3: Without riddle. Without evasion. I might even forgive you your previous transgression. What say you?
1: Roll persuasion at advantage.
3: You have one more point. (sighs) Okay. At advantage. At advantage. Oh my God. You have one luck point. I'm going to blow my last, my last luck point. (laughs)
1: <laughs> he bows agreed an explanation in exchange for one question answered in the most straightforward manner without riddle
3: why didn't I take your offer well, first of all because I don't trust you you would find some way to get around bringing Ro and Vera Clay back two, I don't think you're that powerful enough to do that. But most importantly, it's not my choice. It is the undertaker's choice and Talia's and your family's. Lastly, Talia has a family. Is that sufficient?
1: You have upheld your end of the bargain. What question would you ask of me?
2: What is your name?
1: Oh shit.
3: Oh my God.
1: His eyes go wide.
3: Poke
1: your face. His dark skin almost seems to lighten a couple of hues. <laughs> he yeah, he's just like <laughs> pales. Well, not in fright, in anger. You bitch.
3: Oh, you can do petals in that. And I've still got a pretty good poker face on, but there's just a little bit of a spark in my eyes. Just a little bit of one.
1: When I first came to the material plane, I was known as Tom Goodfellow, the man of the hedge. As I gained titles, I became he who stands between the Prince of Twilight. Broca. And as he's saying these titles, he's like simultaneously getting taller and farther away from you. As distance seems to warp, and his voice changes a bit. And he begins to change. His purple suit unfolding into robes, long white hair suddenly appearing. As he towers above you, the snake now massive, as large around as a tree trunk, continuing to twirl about his arms. I am Eslindra, Lord of the Autumn Fae, ruler over bargains. You say it, and suddenly there's that cord of power with it. And just in an instant, he goes from being the towering figure in robes and flowing white hair, back to the form you see him in. The snake's back to a tattoo. And he stands there looking confused and looks over at you.
3: Well, then. I think that our, um, exchange is complete. If you'll excuse me. I must get back to my wife. I lean forward. Pleasure. Doing business with you. And I turn around. And... Trying to open the door back to my house.
1: <laughs> you walk back towards where it should be with purpose and the door is there. I open it. Can I go soon? As you step through he shouts after you Your wife and I still have business, Celine. Ain't nothing gonna change that.
3: I don't look back, but I said looking forward to it just go behind.
1: Me. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Faye Wild West presented by Let's be Legendary Podcast. If you're enjoying our story, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us a lot and we'll read your reviews on the podcast. We are all over social media, and you can find links on our website at letsbelegendarypodcast.com. We also have a list of links in our show notes. Our Discord server is a pretty active place these days, so please stop by and say hello! You can find a link to that too in the show notes and on our website. If you want to go a step further, consider supporting us on Patreon. You'll get to listen to episodes two days before the general public, plus you'll get exclusive sneak peeks of new art... DM and player's notes, deleted scenes, bloopers, and more. You'll also get access to Bonus Round, a limited exclusive series run by our patrons. We have a lot planned this year, so we hope you'll join us. Talia Argent-Grey is played by Chris Sass Council. Celine Argent-Grey is played by Megzi Sass Council. And our dungeon master is Molly Hexcroft. Our producer and editor is Molly Hexcroft, pronouns she, her. Producer and manager is Jess Richards, pronouns they, them. Producer, art director, and assistant mixer is Mexi Sass Council, pronouns she, her. And our producer, director, editor, and mixer is Chris Sass Council, pronouns they, them. Credits for music and sound effects can be found in the show notes. Celine's tarot deck is the Marigold deck by Amrit S. Barr, and the tarot guide used in the game can be found at BiddyTarot.com.
3: Thanks again for listening, and stay legendary.